What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number nine of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts and if you like it please leave us a nice review this is march 9th 2021 i'm your host Louis manchaka and i'm joined today by my co-host mr troy bracy hey what's going on everybody hey troy so you know what happened what's up we had the most bangerest of episode uh episodes on this podcast number eight check it out it was the i've been i've been talking to some people that listen to the show like people that we know in real life and they'd be texting me saying that it was the best show ever so Dang. hey, that's <laughs> hey, that's the kind of feedback we're trying to hear. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, for anyone that has uh, that's currently listening to the weekly t- uh, Tuesday's episodes, just go back, look at the feed number eight. It's just a chill episode where we just have a conversation. It's that's the good kind. Uh, we'll be probably be doing more of those every so often. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a high bar to uh, to live up to now. If I'm gonna for if real. we're gonna do like a BTS number two, uh, uh, then it's gotta it's gotta be really good and really riveting, really engaging. So I'm glad that. Uh, some people out there who who uh, listen to the show uh, really enjoyed it, and um, we'll see what we can do with that. Because I don't know, I mean, we can only tell so many origin stories, you know. So <laughs> we, we'll figure it out. <laughs> this is getting us our most uh, our most you know attention. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to impressions here, because I actually have um, quite a lot of, of impressions to give. Um, so I basically watched every new movie that came out this past weekend, this past Friday. So um, we did the we did last last uh, last show we did the uh, the new releases and uh, just like me like always I actually missed a new release uh, I forgot about coming to America so I'm gonna actually talk about that during the new release sections of this this episode but basically uh, the three new movies that came out this past Friday was Raya and the Last Dragon Coming to America and Chaos Walking so I actually went to the movie theater uh, to watch Chaos Walking because that was the only way you can watch it uh, but I did watch Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney Plus with the premiere access I paid the $30. Um, I have I have Amazon Prime, so I was able to watch uh, Coming to America because uh, it's free for Amazon Prime people. And uh, so, yeah, I had quite a busy weekend just watching movies and stuff. It's, I felt like I was just binge watching stuff. And I just got to say, um, yeah, I, I have uh, I have thoughts. I got to say that uh, I don't know where to start. I guess I'll just start with with chronological order. What I started with first, I had a mo- I had a movie night with my family. I invited my brothers and my nieces and nephews and everything. We all just got together as a big happy family in uh, my living room. We got the I have my 80 inch TV. I got the sound bar, and I I I, I went to Walmart and I, got, I bought a bunch of snacks. I bought some popcorn, some hot Cheetos, some candy, and some ice cream. And we're basically doing a full on like movie night thing. You know, basically tre- treating it like we're going to the movies and stuff. Um, we had, so we, we watched Ryan the Last Dragon and it was a good time. Everyone loved the movie. It was an awesome movie. I actually liked it too. It was like I think for me it was like Wonder Woman eighty four all over again where like the experience of watching the movie with the family also it just kind of elevated the movie. Uh, the movie itself was very cliche and very like you can easily predict the beats and what's gonna happen next. I think that um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's you know, there's nothing bad to say that there's nothing unoriginal about it. Um, I think for me the execution is is 
is where it's at. If you're going to be doing some cliche things, we even talked about it when you said the synopsis was cliche as hell. If you're going to do cliche things, you know, fine, go ahead and do it, but be just, you know, execute it very well, be original and right, stuff. And I think right, for me, right. the, the movie, um, it actually delivers on that, you know, originality aspect of things. Like it was the, anim okay, first off, animation top notch beautiful animation it really puts it puts pixar on blast just how much Damn. how much graphics they put on the on display all right Damn. so much particle effects the cool water effects everything okay voice acting top notch everyone gave good performances and stuff like that very emotional they were they were working with what they got you know they they made they made it shine um so for me like the movie i don't know like i'm i'm, I'm tossed between it i can say i can say it was a solid good movie but would I say, you know, you need to go and buy it for $30 on Premiere Access? No. You can easily wait the 90 days and just get it for free on Disney Plus if you're already a, a Disney Plus member. So it's only paywalled for 90 days, and it's going to come available anyways. You can wait. It's not going to set the world on fire. I don't think it's that, like, I don't think it's going to go down in, like, the Mount Rushmore of Disney animated movie classics, in my opinion. Mm. But, well, I, I will go on to say that it's still a good movie. It's still a good watch, and you can have a good time. So, especially for those that have families, it's a good time. I would say it's a, it's a lukewarm re recommendation for me. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think on? What do you think about that? Just in general. Uh, man, it sounds interesting. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, you know, sometimes it's okay for a movie to be cliche, and some movies are cliche on purpose. But this is how you direct it, how you execute what you're doing, and that can make a huge difference in that movie and any other movie. So. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in giving that a look. See. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, what is it? What's March now? So what? May, April, May, June. Yeah, like in the beginning of June, it'll be on Disney Plus, anyways. So, um, I I just kind of figured that like because there was like I don't know how many of us were in there, like 15 of us or so, 15, 16 of us in that, crammed in that living room, that um, you know, paying thirty dollars is was cheaper than buying like each of us individual tickets at the theater kind of thing. So, yeah. plus not to mention, I went to, I I went to go watch Chaos Walking by myself at the movie theater, and uh, dude, I bought one bucket of popcorn, and just the popcorn itself was ten dollars. <laughs> just popcorn, no soda. Yeah, yeah. All it is is I want popcorn. That's it, you know. And yeah. then boom, I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Man, I used to, back in my day, I used to be able to buy a popcorn and a soda together for $10. But anyways, uh, Chaos, I'll just go ahead and go with, with Chaos Walking in the next, next one because I got to say that the movie kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like... I like the 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 sci-fi concept was co like everyone like think like your thoughts are 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 um you know on display for everyone. It wasn't yeah. even that like it was awesome and that's a cool little hook. That's a nice trailer, but you they're not doing anything with the concept. Like there's a lot of things that they they showed that didn't that they didn't really pay off or didn't really like continue on with. Um, they didn't do that cliche thing where Tom Holland masters his his mind powers or whatever. I was expecting Tom Holland's character to to like learn to hide it because the yeah. the villain is the mayor of the town, of Prentice Town, and he yeah. can hide his his uh, his noise like his thoughts. He can he doesn't he can like uh, like make it so he can think, but you can't see it, you can't hear yeah. it. And I was expecting Tom Holland to master that ability, but he never did. So I'm yeah. like whatever. Also surprisingly they gave daisy ridley top billing like starring daisy ridley then tom holland and i yeah, thought that was really weird because the movie 
is uh, following and following Tom Holland. Like the movie is revolving around his point of view. Yeah, that's some Hollywood politics shit. You know how it is. <laughs> like it's the movie is clearly clearly starring Tom Holland, and he has more screen time, but it's starring yeah. Daisy Ridley. So, anyways, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I I would wager to say that I think Tom Holland, because he's done more than just Spider Man, I think he's a bigger movie star than Daisy Ridley because she's only known for just Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the movie was just kind of sucks. I don't think it was worth going to the movies for. I think you can just wait for it to to come on on demand and stuff and probably be cheaper that way it kind of it wasn't like a garbage fire like this movie sucks it was just kind of like underwhelming is what i would say like daisy ridley and tom holland are capable of more than what was given their 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 characters their they they their characters weren't written in such a way to take take advantage of their charisma they kind of just seem bland yeah um also there's a scene in the movie that happened in chaos walking that's very difficult that was extremely difficult for me to to watch and it was very unnerving uh i'm not going to give it away or hint at what it is but if you watch the movie you'll know what i'm talking about and it's really not like that it's not like one of those like oh my god it's so terrifying it's just like it's like more of like a a me thing like i'm very i I don't like to use the word triggered but i would say i'm kind of triggered by it (laughs) And I'm not one of those like snowflake types either, but like for me, it yeah. was a little hard to stomach that scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like it. It kind of feels like it was a waste, uh, a waste of yeah. a of a of a a premise and a waste of the talent as well. I mean, I will say one of the things, man. Uh, Tom Holland has to work on because this will damage his career. Like right now, he has <laughs> Spider Man. Right now, he has Spider Man, so he's good, but. You, he's not gonna have spider-man forever he's gotta start better be, picking better movies as an actor like there's a reason why christian bale became stayed in you know christian bale after batman because he picked good movies to display his talent in so if he continues to pick these bad movies his career is gonna go to shit and so is daisy ridley like she's already in the hole as we speak she needs to <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you know they gotta get it together all right, and the last movie that I watched was uh, was Coming to America, and all I got to say is I watched the movie uh, twice this weekend, uh, not because I really wanted to watch it twice, but because, like, the movie night, like, a bunch of my family members tapped out. Uh, instead of, I was trying to make it a double feature, and only my brother, uh, uh, one of my brothers, stayed and watched it. And I will say, if you want to watch a comedy, you got to watch it with my brother because my brother will laugh at pretty much anything. <laughs> funny or not he'll laugh and he'll make the movie better just because yeah, it'll be infectious yeah. and you'll laugh yeah. with him you know so yeah. i watched the movie the first time with my brother it was just the two of us because you know everyone else was like all right i'm gonna go to sleep and go to gotta work in the morning kind of stuff and then uh and so he watched it he wanted to watch the movie of course because you know he he was a fan of the original 1988 classic and so i was like i watched that movie too when i was little and stuff uh, on vhs yeah and um I got to say that the movie was a bit of a letdown. Like, yeah. um, watching it the first time was good, but watching the second time with my parents, they, it was like they didn't laugh. It wasn't that funny. It was kind of dry. And I, I didn't realize that just watching the movie the first time with my brother actually made it better. Uh, yeah. But but really, the movie, they just retread the first movie, but do it a worse job at it. They remade, like, uh, the uh, Eddie Murphy's son basically reenacts the plot of the first movie, but 
sloppily like he didn't mm-hmm. yeah uh, because there's like two generations of characters they got the old generation and the new generation they're yeah. basically splitting the the runtime whereas the first movie you know it revolved around like eddie murphy and lisa like the, the their love story and yeah. so everything else just kind of like you know revolved around it whereas yeah. this one like lisa the the original like queen or whatever like the original uh, actress she's back but she's not giving anything to do other than just to be there which is kind of crazy because she was basically like the second or the third build character from the last movie and then everyone else is kind of like just relegated to like cameos and just kind of like doing that thing where they nod, nod and wink at the camera and retell the same jokes the movie wasn't that good and uh i gotta say that i'm glad eddie murphy got paid because they sold the they sold the movie to amazon so um for like 125 million so um probably a good business savvy uh thing to do and especially in this current climate and uh yeah. yeah that was a good deal yeah i'm not really a big fan of like i'm not a big fan of sequels that's like two decades later like we've been getting a lot of that lately like you know stuff that's Dumb came Dumber out two, zoolander 2 you name it yeah keep yeah going. zoolander 2 top gun like all these you know because i think it's just studios trying to relive the past that's that's all it is and like i just don't feel like that always works sometimes it can work and sometimes it'd be cool, but sometimes a lot of times it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to relive the past. You know, people grow up, people change, people evolve. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. I uh, just got to say, I will say shout out to Wesley Snipes. He actually did um, did kind of sort of kill it in his role. He was very limited capacity. Um, I will say just based off of the bloopers that they put at the end of the movie, you get the vibe that they had fun filming the movie. Um, there were a couple of jokes that landed for me that were funny, even on the second viewing. Um, there were a lot of cameos, like, I'll just give it one away. They had a Morgan Freeman cameo and it was funny as hell. Um, you know, those are like really cool moments and stuff like that. But really like the movie itself was kind of weak. Also, I noticed that the trailer had scenes in it that were not in the movie. Uh, like, I guess they got deleted scenes, I guess, and they just put it in the trailer. So I wasn't a fan of that. I don't really like when, when movies do that. Um, Overall, between the three movies, between Chaos Walking, Coming to America, and Ryan the Last Dragon, Raya was easily, by far and away, the best movie of the three. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what did you watch this past week? Well, I caught Mank um, on Netflix, and uh, it's it's a David Fincher film, and boy, do I love this movie. It's, it's a true masterpiece. It's, it's a true masterpiece. It's about, like the behind the scenes making of a all time masterpiece called Citizen Kane. And um it's basically about the writers, you know, and it just kinda shows like what goes on in Hollywood behind the scenes when it comes to writing and producing some of these movies that we see and sometimes they work out, but like behind the scenes it would you know, it was a catastrophe, you know what I mean? But, you know, the end product you think everything worked out smoothly. And uh, it stars Gary Oldman, and uh, it's directed by David Fincher. He's in my top five favorite directors of all time, and um, you know, and uh, he does it just he does a phenomenal job. And you could tell this movie was personal to him because he his dad actually wrote the the movie. You know, um, he you know a writer writing about a writer is is very <laughs> interesting to me. That's some and uh, that's some deep level like you know a yeah, movie about a movie about yeah, a movie kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. And, uh, you know, and Gary Oldman, I mean, he brings it. I mean, I see why now that he's getting all this, um, 
award love. I mean, like all the, you know, the buzz he's getting for this performance. Because, I mean, it's like a Gary Oldman performance. It's almost like they made it for Gary Oldman. All the yelling and shit he liked to do. <laughs> and um, and one thing I love about it is how it's in black and white. I actually really love that idea. I'm not a big fan of black and white movies uh, unless it makes sense for the movie. And this takes place in the 1930s. So... It's like it feels like that's how it's supposed to be. Like it, you know, it like seeing stuff that take place in the 1930s in black and white. It to me, it just matches the scenery. Like it makes it feel original and real, you know. Um, and David Fincher, he just kills it, man. He just he did it again. You know, he's an all time great. You know, I love all his movies from Gone Girl, Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoos, Fight Club. I mean, he's he's a master. And uh, he did it again. And, uh, you know, it was cool. I was just able to see it on Netflix or whatever. Damn. So, what a bitch. Yeah. They, uh, the, the, the Mank was nominated for six Golden Globes but didn't win any of them. Yeah. yeah. Damn. It didn't, it didn't. But it, this, is a, <laughs> this is a stacked year. This is going to be a tough year to win for sure because, you know, you got a lot of, uh, you know, black stuff coming out. And you know how it goes. So, but... Um, it, it, it's one of those movies where I could understand. It's like the Joker, you know, the Joker or the Irishman, by the way. Like those movies last year, mm-hmm. they got like the most Oscar nominations, but didn't win that many, you know. So sometimes those happen with masterpieces, you know, as long as they get the the nomination love. That's what matters. That, that shows that. Because they're know, in the conversation. And, yeah, you know, they're in the conversation. They're being respected. You know, it's not always about the win. So, but yeah, Mank is a, is a true is a true great film. Yeah, that's something I noticed. By the way, I completely forgot to shout this out last week. Whenever the topic of the show was regarding the Golden Globe wins, is when I was compiling the show, I actually completely for a neglect to mention that I noticed that a bunch of these nominees and winners were actually playing on Hulu, on Amazon Prime, on yeah. Netflix, like right yeah. then and there. Like you yeah. didn't have to, as long as you're already subscribed to these services, you're not, they're not paywalled. You can already yeah. watch them. Yeah. Uh, and, so, uh, and I must add real quick that it's the Golden Globes. Who cares what they nominated in one? You know, it's, <laughs> it's the Golden Globes. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully these, uh, usually like they always use the Golden Globes as a way to like, um, be as like a barometer for like who's gonna win the Oscar. They well, use it as a well, predictor. I mean, kinda, but like it's like ten other awards before the Oscars. You know what I mean? So it's really like you could do that with like the Critics' Choice Awards, the all the different, you know, the, uh, the, the SAG directors. Awards. Yeah, yeah, the SAG. Like yeah, so it's like you know the Golden Globes is kind of like the joke of you know the awards. Damn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and and move on to the news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. There we go. All right. So for news, I uh, we had a slow news week, and uh, so unfortunately we have uh, we can do some deep dives on some of these topics here. But I found so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, it looks like you know everyone talks about SDCC, which is called uh, also known as San Diego Comic Con. It's held every summer around July, and. Uh, there's a, a LA Times dropped a story regarding uh, what happened with San Diego Comic-Con this year. It's official. San Diego Comic-Con is going virtual once again. 
Organizers announced Monday that due to safety concerns around the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, July's Comic-Con 2021 will be a free online event again rather than the in-person pop culture behemoth of the before times. The annual event, which usually draws more than 135,000 attendees in and around the San Diego Convention Center, it was canceled for the first time in its 50-year history last year and replaced by a virtual lineup of programming. While, uh, quote, while we are buoyed by the rollout of vaccines and the growing number of individuals being inoculated, it appears that July will still be too early to safely hold an in-person event of the magnitude of Comic-Con. Close quote, Uh, San Diego Comic-Con convention said in a statement posted on its website. Quote, for this reason, we made the challenging decision to postpone Comic-Con 2021 as an in-person gathering until our 2022 dates. And once again, hold this year's celebration as the free online Comic-Con at home. Close quote. So the organizers explained that due to the financial challenges resulting from the pandemic, the virtual Comic-Con 2021 will be scaled down to a three-day event held from July 23rd to the 25th. However, they are planning a smaller in-person convention in San Diego for November. Additional details such as the capacity, costs, and dates for the November gathering, which will also be three days, will be announced later. So Troy, what do you think of the news? Uh, First off, uh, isn't October normally like New York Comic Con? Why wouldn't they just do that instead? Like New York Comic Con be in person? Well, I think, you know, I... um... I think I I really think they're they're trying to stop any backlash they possibly get. You know what I mean? They just want to do their thing, and you know, um, and really, let, I mean, to be honest, like a lot of a lot of us, the fun of it is to see what you know what they gonna bring, like what they gonna come Trailers, with, what they gonna yeah. announce a trailer, like yeah. right. So it's like it. I don't think no one's gonna sweat it for one year, one extra year of them just you know doing it virtually, uh, you know, and then maybe next year they could just get back to how they normally do it, you know, because, I mean, let's face it, if they if they have Comic-Con and, you know, they drop a bunch of cool shit, we're not going to trip, you know, we're not going to trip that we didn't, wasn't able to make it, but we was able to get the content and stuff we we uh desired so i'm excited i'm excited for comic-con just because of that you know what i mean i that and i i plan to go to comic-con you know what i mean one of these one of these years so yeah for sure uh i think that's what the deal is with this Man, Comic Con is like basically one of those impossible to go, uh, impossible to uh, go to events because well, as soon as like tickets sell out or tickets uh, go on sale, they sell out, and the hotel rooms are booked like years in advance and stuff like that. It's one of those situations where you have to like plan super hardcore accordingly before everything yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, and... uh, it, it's gotten a bit easier um, because of the the invention of Airbnb. Uh, it's gotten a bit easier. I know people that went that they was like they couldn't get no hotels, but getting the Airbnb was easy. So it's like really the big the challenge is just getting your hands on a ticket, which is a lot easier. You know, getting your hands on a ticket and then, you know, once you have that, you could kind of just get an Airbnb or, you know what I'm saying, um, Motel 6 or some shit like, you know what I mean? So. It, it it's always been hard. I agree because there's a few times where I tried to go and literally couldn't. So yeah. Plus, not to mention, I've been to conventions before. Not like nothing this big, of course. I don't think I've ever been to a convention that has over a hundred thousand people. But um, 
like the even the even some of the conventions that I went to, like some of the bigger ones, their panels would get full filled up. You know, you would wait, wait in line, and they couldn't let everyone in, obviously, because there's only so much capacity in some of these rooms. They say that getting into Hall H is damn near impossible. It's like mm-hmm. uh, you have to basically wait in line to get in line, which is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, I've I've seen like uh, uh, I think we talked about MatPat last year or our last episode, and um, the uh, the other one was uh, he did a game theory about you know how to win at Comic Con, and his answer is you can't. So yeah. Um, yeah. the other thing I wanted to mention is like you know obviously having hundred thousand hundred thousand people you know convene on a convention center is obviously not good right now for the current pandemic situation. It would basically be a super spreader event if that were if that were to happen. So that's definitely a no go. Hopefully November is a better situation, but it's also I also kind of want to say that I have my I'm a little sus about November simply because you know we're going to be in the winter like fall slash winter and it's going to be flu season and flu season isn't going to help the situation. I don't know if we're going to be you know if, if you were going to have like a mass levels of inoculation even by then um and the other thing i wanted to say is comic con at home last year was not very successful it didn't get the views that was needed to for such an event and also not to mention i think even dc fandom even like overshadowed comic con if i'm not mistaken uh, i know they happen well, near DC each other fan, dc dc fandom did what sh- comic con should have they made it an event like a literal event online you know what i mean and i think comic-con kind of relied on the fact that look we're comic-con everybody's gonna (laughs) tune in you know what i'm saying dc fandom actually brought it you know they announced so much shit new video games new movies Movies, new, you know trailers they had like they they shit was booming you know what i mean so you you know comic-con they gotta come with it you know it ain't just like oh we're comic-con so here look tune in no come with it who's you know what's dropping give us some trailers give us some new information like it's really not up to Comic-Con either because I think with Disney and DC and Warner Brothers because they're doing their own, own events yeah, they don't yeah. they don't have them they don't have the material they don't have like the the uh, the the pops because Disney wants to do their own D23 own yeah. or you know yeah. and DC Warner Brothers wants to do their own DC fandom so yeah. if you have no announcements and on top of that movies are getting you know delayed you're yeah. kind of screwed yeah that was in a that was in a tough situation cuz i mean it was the pandemic like so wasn't nobody one nobody wasn't trying to talk about anything anyway right like nobody no one's, yeah, yeah there, there's no one trying to talk about release dates when a pandemic is going on they didn't know what the future held and then on top of that like you said they're like well shit we're gonna announce our shit on ours you know what i mean so comic-con was a bus it was trash yeah uh, i hope it doesn't i hope that's not the case this year hopefully Hopefully they can like strike some deals with like all these companies and say you're gonna announce this here, you know, or like they yeah. can secure cool announcements and stuff like that. Because uh, I don't want to see a situation where you know Comic Con at home this year is even worse than last year, you know. So, yeah. which is very well possible, by the way. What they, what they should go for, they should go for like because even if they can't get the big movies and the big, it's a lot of like television. Go for the television. Go for like web series. Go for oh, Netflix yeah. series. Yeah, stuff like idea. that. Like people will still be excited for if they announce, oh, a new Young Justice or, you know what I mean? Something like that. And, you know, that, that'll at least have someone at least talking, you know? Yeah, true, true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next story here. This is regarding the Alamo Draft House. So, this is a bit of a Texas story, but I know Alamo Draft House is kind of like has some cachet, um, you know, ar- across the country, if I'm not mistaken. So this comes from, from Variety. Alamo Draft House files for Chapter 11 announces the sale to Altamont Capital 
uh, Fortress Investment. So Al uh, Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, the Texas-based theater chain that has become a favorite with cinephiles for its uh, dine-in service and fan-forward approach to exhibition, has filed for Chapter 11. The bankruptcy file comes as part of an asset purchase agreement with the Altamont Capital Partners, a previous investor in the company, as well as affiliates of the Fortress Investment Group, and a, a, a new backer. The company says that operations will continue as normal as the Chapter 11 uh, process and sale will give uh, the end to... Oh, so let's try that again. Uh, the Chapter 11 process and sale will give it the capital it needs to continue operating as it emerges from a public health crisis that left many of its locations closed for months. The agreement involves, quote, the sale of substantially all its assets. So that's, I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that here. So basically the story is that the Alamo Draft House is in trouble. Um, it is definitely one of those like talked about uh, movie theaters that you got to go to because it's service and it's, uh, it's experience and stuff like that. I have never personally been to the Alamo Draft House, but I've always wanted to go. And so I, it's, uh, the days uh, are looking like it's numbered possibly. And so if I were to wanted to go and get that experience, I should go sooner rather than later. Uh, so, Troy, what do you think? Um, are you, do you think that this is going to be a situation where they can come back from it, or are they going to uh, be shuddering? I do. I mean, I ain't going to lie. This one hurt my heart, you know, when I heard, like, about uh, the Alamo Drafthouse uh, filing for bankruptcy because I actually like the Alamo Drafthouse better than AMC. Damn. Uh, yeah, because it's, you know, it's almost like they create their whole environment for movie lovers and cinema. Like, if you go in there, it's just... It's almost like a work of art in terms of cinema. And they always play like old movies, classics. Um, they do it weekly. Uh, you know, they, they just, it's just, it's like, it's, it's a celebration for film when you go in there, you know. So it's it's one of my favorite um, movie theater chains. Uh, but I do feel like it's hope because I think, you know, some of these companies, they're having to file for bankruptcy to keep themselves afloat, but they're getting new investors to come in and, and you know, take over the spots of dudes that, you know, dropped off. So I don't think this is end all be all just because they filed bankruptcy. They're, they're done. You know, some, some of these companies have to do that. Um, but I definitely am going to try to support Alamo draft house as much as I can, because just being a, a huge fan of them. Okay. I actually pulled to, uh, I just went to the Alamo Draft House's Twitter account. Um, and it's, uh, this was tweeted on March the 4th. And it says, we are not going anywhere, followed by a screenshot of some text. It says here, we deeply appreciate everyone's concerns about yesterday's news. It'd be impossible to, to respond to everyone or to fully answer all your questions. But the thing, the main thing you need to know is this. Alamo Draft House isn't going anywhere. Promise. Yesterday's news wasn't fun, but the actions we took were necessary to get us through the havoc COVID wrecked upon our industry. In the meantime, we're showing movies this weekend at each of our open locations, just as uh, we have over the past six months, and just as we'll continue to do. As vaccine distribution improves and the studio release calendar solidifies into what should be a heck of a rebuilding year, we're planning to grow our team back to the pre-pandemic levels and reopen the rest of our theaters, including a few new ones. We've been asked so many times if, if there's something our friends and guests could do, and we, we do have a request. This year, don't just remember the Alamo Draft House. When you can, take the opportunity to return to the Alamo Draft House. We'll be ready. So that tweet definitely goes hard. I just got to say, number one, like, uh, <laughs> it's like, no, fuck you. We're, we're, we're here to stay. And 
Yeah, don't 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 just sob to us. Be about it. You know, take action. Come to yeah, your local. I, I I never, you know, I never jump to you know conclusions when someone files for bankruptcy. Like, oh, I, I mean, at least like due to this pandemic, you know, because people trying to do whatever they can, you know what I mean. But it's not necessarily an end all be all. So that that's basically what that letter said. Is basically what I said right before you you know uh, read it out. So yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, um, is it okay? Let me. I don't know. Is there is there an Alamo Draft House in DFW? Because I thought it was an Austin thing for some reason. No, I mean, this ones are more in Dallas, like Irving and, uh, you know, mm. around that way. Uh, Keller has one. I think Keller might be the closest one. Uh, and then Dallas, I think Dallas has it. So I don't think it's the one directly in Fort Worth. But, yeah, I mean, in Austin, they have a, a lot of them. Yeah, know, but... yeah. I know it's headquartered in Austin and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we, we bounce back. We'll keep an eye on things. We'll see. We'll I'll give any updates if there is any. Uh, for now, we'll just uh, cross our fingers and support your local theater chains as well, including Alamo Draft House. Uh, next up. Uh, regarding Justice League, and this is kind of funny, I found this story on Variety. Uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League accidentally posts early for some HBO Max users. So some subscribers uh, of HBO Max got an unexpected preview of Zack Snyder's Justice League on Monday when the four-hour superhero movie started playing instead of the Warner Brothers film Tom and Jerry. What the f- Oh, man, come on. So you got people that was able to watch the Snyder Cut? Yeah, I actually completely forgot. Dude, oh, my God. I literally watched Tom and Jerry. You know what? I'm going to give impressions on Tom and Jerry next week because I have things to say about Tom and Jerry. Uh, so I'll, I'll withhold that until next week. But, fuck, I, I, went, I, was in a, I was planning on going on a rant on Tom and Jerry. Okay, all right, let's just continue on with the story. Uh, Doug Bass, a realtor and digital marketing analyst based in North, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, tells Variety he was, quote, just looking around for some background TV while I worked. And when I clicked on Tom and Jerry, the Snyder Cut started playing. Oh <laughs> Bass quickly posted a screenshot from the movie featuring the back of Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, joking that someone at HBO Max was getting fired, you know, yeah. uh, Oh my God! This this tweet is uh, is deleted. Oh wow! Look at that. It was, I saw the screenshot. Like the way the article looks like now, it says media not displayed. Yeah, yeah. I, I it that was not there like that. It, this made this page must have refreshed because uh, wow. I literally saw I saw the screenshot before they took it down. Anyways, um, next up it says after an hour into the feed, Bass says he noticed that the definition of the image began to degrade. Then an error message appeared on his screen and the film disappeared. So as wow. he was playing it, it was like just being like deleted, I guess, or being like wow. delisted. So he got to watch the first hour of the four-hour cut. Wow, that's <laughs> um, crazy. Variety confirmed that the version of Bass viewed was indeed Snyder's version of the film, which was due, which is due to premiere on the streaming service on March 18th in 10 days. Zack Snyder uh, Justice League was temporarily available on HBO Max, and the error was addressed within minutes, says a spokesperson from the Warner Media. Despite the statement, however, the film was available for at least an hour. Damn. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I literally watched uh, Tom and Jerry like yesterday, um, and and um, I did not get to watch the, the the Snyder cut, unfortunately. So <laughs> that's unfortunate. But it's kind of funny how uh, there was some kind of mix up. I mean, you know, even with YouTube, you can actually upload a video and then pre-schedule it to go live later. Like you don't have yeah. to like upload it and then make it go live as soon as it's done uploading. Yeah. Uh, so I, I imagine there was some kind of like backend server issue where they were trying to, you know, upload the, the movie and, you know, have it, 
uh, you know, ready to be go live on midnight or whatever on that on March 18th. But somehow, some way, they had the the you know the wires got crossed, and now it's on Tom and Jerry's uh, landing page for some reason. I don't know how they do that. I don't know what the logistics are, but it's funny. And I don't know. Do you think somebody's gonna get fired for this, or or do you think it's just like okay, sorry, my bad. You know, uh, someone's definitely getting fired. But you know, I will say this: I'm like, for some reason, I feel like I I think HBO. Well, not HBO, but Snyder and Warner Brothers have some kind of beef going on. You know, like, I keep seeing, like, I I see that, you know, uh, Snyder throws shots at them. You know, uh, Warner Brothers isn't promoting, you know, properly promoting the Snyder Cut. Like, they don't they don't put the trailer on the Warner Brothers YouTube. You, you know, think they're trying going, to bury it a little bit? Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to, like, because you notice, like, so, you know, they know that fucking... Justice League Snyder cuts coming out with Henry Cavill. They announced uh, instead of waiting till like just a couple of weeks after the movie, they announced you know that it's a new Superman, and it's like it's almost like they're trying to bury it, or or like you know because this is you know this in a way if you think about it, if people love this, this makes Warner Brothers look bad, right? Because it you know the narrative is whether it's true or not which I believe is true, that they basically said, fuck you, Snyder, you know, we're gonna just do our own, you know what I'm saying, we're gonna, you know, interfere with your vision and do our own thing, and everyone hated it, right, and now that they got the Snyder Cut coming out, and if everybody loves it, they're gonna look like the nuts, right, so it's almost like, it seems like it's like some ongoing beef between them two, and I don't, I don't know how much that has to do with this right here, but it wouldn't be surprise me if someone, you know, did some little snaky shit and, you know, leaked it for a little bit or something. I don't know, but <laughs> it, it's crazy. But I will say this. I'm super excited for the Snyder Cut. Like, the Snyder Cut Justice League is, like, every little bit of marketing material I'm seeing for it is, like, it's working. I'm getting more and more excited for it every time. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's a that's a funny story, and I'm – uh, I, you know, these kind of these kind of things. They, I, I would, I kind of wish it would have happened to me. I would have been tweeting and like Facebooking about it and everything. I would have just yeah, been like, top. I would have liked to have gotten Twitter famous off of this. I'd be like, I, yeah. I watched this, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyways, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. This is also from Variety. I just basically went on Variety basically for this week. Um, this is regarding Ryan the Last Dragon's box office. So uh, I we don't really report. We haven't really been reporting on box office, um, uh, you know, since the show began. Simply because the box office has been re- relatively quiet, and uh, I'm sure there will be a box office segment uh, on this show. You know, once things you know re- start looking like uh, any semblance of normal. Uh, but in, until then, this will be some news stories that I pick out every so often whenever something is of note. And uh, this is regarding the, uh, the the opening weekend of the of Raya and the Last Dragon, both here in America and in China. So here in America, it opened at eight point six million dollars uh, from two thousand forty five screens, and it failed to match the. Uh, the impressive for a pandemic debut of Tom and Jerry last weekend, which was at $14.1 million. So just from the American uh, box office situation, uh, you know, the Ryan, the last dragon was not exclusive to theaters. Like and neither was Tom and Jerry for that matter. Tom and Jerry was streaming for free on HBO max. And yet it still managed to make more money uh, with Ryan, the last dragon uh, I'm sure that maybe the Disney Plus numbers wouldn't have been as much because for Disney Plus subscribers you have to pay thirty dollars to get access to it. So, what do you think of uh, of these uh, these numbers? Do you think that this is uh, do you think this says this says anything in general? 
you know, you can't, you know, you you really can't because like with this whole pandemic, every every movie gets a pass. You know what I mean? Because the reality is, you know, in this situation, everybody looks at how they go view their movies differently. Like that's just the reality. Like some people are, you know, more comfortable with going to the movies, or and some people are still like, I don't know yet. Uh, with some movies, people might feel like they need to go see it in the theater for the theater experience, and some people are like, nah, you know, so, like, as long as this pandemic is going on, really, all the box office numbers are irrelevant, even the ones that we know probably would have bombed, they get to get a pass, you know, in this time, in this era right now that we're in. Okay. Um, and then just to go, I actually pulled up the box office mojo chart here. Number two is Tom and Jerry at 6.6 million. Chaos Walking at third place at 3.7 million. Something called Boogie. I never heard of this, but apparently it's opening weekend of Boogie was 1.2 million. And The Crude's A New Age, which is uh, at 788,000. It's, it's still in the top five. It's been out in theater since November for 15 weeks. It's never left the top five. And that's crazy. Um, and people are still, are still buying it on Amazon and iTunes and stuff like that. So uh, the Chinese box office for, for Raya here also has it a similar, a similar number here. Uh, it actually has uh, opened at $8.4 million in China, which is in third place. Uh, China is currently like the world's uh, leader in the box office right now. We haven't really been talking about it on the show, but China is like having record opening weekends and stuff like that with like last, I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, there, if you look at the worldwide charts and stuff, like eight of the 10 films in the worldwide box office in the top 10 are Chinese movies like exclusive and stuff like that um and that's mostly because uh chinese uh, ticket prices are really weird in the sense that they are they are different and like they're right now their their ticket prices are super inflated right now so even though they're selling less tickets they're making more money because the people who are going to the movies are paying more money per ticket so yeah um yeah it's just kind of sucks because uh you know uh ryan the last dragon it's kind of it's got that asian inspired uh fantasy story going on and i'm pretty sure disney would have looked was looking to to china to to basically save it sort of financially speaking uh make it as a safety net to safeguard it and uh it looks like it was a failure so that's no bueno even um even from like just the over uh, overseas international perspective uh do you think that this is uh do you think Disney is uh, going to be okay with these results, or do you think that somebody's uh, somebody's going to get chewed out for this or something? Well, I think they're going to be okay with the results. I mean, it's not good results, but like I said, I think everybody gets a pass during the pandemic. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the extra news. So number one, Obi-Wan series adds Game of Thrones star Indira Varma. Number two, the, Holly- the Hollywood Reporter debunks that Amber Heard is being f- uh, fired. Uh, number three, pictures of Idris Elba in Australia at a birthday party with Chris Hemsworth. Hence that Heimdall could be uh, could appear in Thor 4. Number four, Dungeons and Dragons movie adds Hugh Grant as villain. Number five, Black Adam to finally start shooting in April. Number six, A Quiet Place Part 2 moves to May 28th. Number seven, Minions, The Rise of Gru moves a year to july 1st 2022 and number eight f9 moved to june 25th the same release date as venom let there be let there be carnage so a lot of movie moving around movies moving around here on the last couple of stories it's kind of funny that a quiet place has taken uh, f9's release date and then f9 takes venom's release date so the current uh, theory is is that venom let there be carnage is going to move out of june 25th because F9 and Venom have similar demos 
that they're targeting. So there's really not room for both of them in the same weekend. So any stories here that are that are uh, catching your attention? Well, I, I kind of always knew Amber Heard getting fired was some bull. You know, like, really? I don't know if they would have fired her that quick, you know. Uh, so I, I, I kind of had a feeling that was some bull. Uh, damn, it's crazy. Black Adam is finally shooting. I feel like they announced that literally five years ago. They announced it, like, I want to say in 2016, you know, like yeah, The Rock was yeah. cast and everything like that. And I'm like, right. And they even had like a uh, like a CG mock-up trailer of like the Rock in the Black Adam costume for DC fandom and stuff like that. Yeah, this movie yeah. just never just never happens. Like this movie should have materialized a long time ago. To tell you the a truth, a long time ago. Like I don't know what the hold up. And it's weird because usually when movies like this take this long to materialize, they usually go into nothing. Like it's it's usually like some shit where they like, all right, let's just not do it. You know. But it's crazy how they're sticking to it. Like, you know, dang, it's taking a long time, but we're going to do it. You know, but I think that has a lot to do to the fact that Rock is attached to it. If they had some regular actor and they was just thinking about doing Black Adam, they probably would have canceled this movie along with a lot of other movies that got canceled. So do you think uh, do you think that it's The Rock's fault that this movie hasn't been made? Like because The Rock oh, is no. a busy guy. He's he's no. making ballers. He's making the fast movies. He's, oh, ma- no. you know, he's in constant. He's in like every franchise there is under the sun. Kind of. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case because it's like these superstars, man, they do like, like you remember when Kevin Hart was booming, he'll do about three or four movies a year. Like, (laughs) you know, these, these, uh, these celebrities, man, that, that's, that doesn't stop them. You know, trust me. Like, you know, the rock was in, I remember seeing him in like a movie every couple of months Months, or something. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like, I highly doubt that was the case. I think it was more on, uh, and actually, uh, the Rock has been a big advocate of this movie. He's a big fan of the Black Adam character, so I I doubt that he'll be holding up. I think he, if anything, he'll be like, "Hurry up and shoot this shit." Because hmm. so. like I was just thinking that because he's such a busy guy and he's got like he's constantly filming stuff, he's constantly working out and everything. Like you know, yeah, I think and a lot of times these movies, a lot of people, you know, I don't know if you know, but like a lot of actors, they work on multiple stuff at the same time. They'll take a flight shoot the, some scenes uh for this movie you know they're not scheduled for this day so they'll go shoot a, a show or shoot a, another you know scenes or so it's like just because he's doing it usually doesn't mean you know unless he's doing two big blockbusters that's set to release at the same time usually you know he could do multiple things while he's still filming okay that's cool i'm actually kind of surprised like i i it's really interesting that there's a you know Idris Elba is in Australia like hanging out with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, right now, they're, uh, Chris Hemsworth is currently filming Thor four uh, in Australia with like with Chris Pratt and everything in the Guardians cast and stuff like that, among other people. Um, so, do you think that Idris Elba, him being in Australia, says anything about Thor four, or do you think he's just they're just friends? No, nah, I think it's too much of a coincidence. I mean, Idris Elba and Thor have been connected, of course. And then, you know, Chris Pratt is, is going to be in the new Thor. And, like, it's just too too much coincidence is going on. Like, I, I think he's going to show up in that uh, movie one shape, one uh, shape or form. Uh, maybe in a flashback or who knows, you know, uh, maybe he didn't die in Endgame. I mean, in uh, Infinity War. So, well, who, who nah, knows? nah, he died in Infinity War. I, I mean, know. listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's one of the big, big problems that the <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe has. <laughs> they on. don't kill nobody, bro. Like, no one's never, you, you're you never dead in, in you know, in, um, in Marvel. So, Except Quicksilver. 
Quicksilver is the only one that they've lived up to the death. They actually, you know, stuck by that death. But everyone else, in some way, shape, or form, they bring them back some kind of way, and it, like, takes away from the dramatic, uh, you know, stuff that happens on screen when someone dies because they're just going to find some way to bring them back to life. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, we'll see how that plays out and stuff. Uh, I'm... I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I, I I will say I wouldn't be surprised that that Heimdall is back, but I would also I would be surprised as to how they're gonna do it. Like, what what how are they gonna write this? Is it gonna be like an alternate universe Heimdall, or it's not gonna be our Heimdall again, or something like that? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I just kind of I just kind of interesting that their movies are like hopping around, changing release dates and stuff like that. Minions moving a whole year is really crazy, which is I don't, I mean not crazy, but there's we've been seeing it hasn't it's not unheard of. Um, but I'd imagine that the movie is probably done. So the fact that there's like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to completely uh, give up summer 2021 and we're on to summer 2022. This movie was supposed to come out in summer 2020, by the way, Minions. Uh, um, so uh, that's funny. And also, I don't understand. Okay. I don't know. I think A Quiet Place Part 2, I want to say it was supposed to come out in April. And I think April's too early, obviously, uh, pandemic-wise. I think May even. Be, I think May 1st, uh, Black Widow's Day, it might be even too early as well. Uh, going into June, maybe we're going to see more vaccinations and stuff like that. Things will be safer. Maybe the box office will start becoming like, we'll start seeing maybe like 30 plus million, $50 million opening weekends and stuff again as a norm. Um, so yeah, Fast 9. I think I think Fast 9 was maybe wrong to move. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Fast 9 moving because I think Memorial Day for me felt safe. Um, what do you think? What do you, do you think that, you know, moving out of Memorial Day was a wise move for Fast 9? Uh, I don't know, you know, I, I really don't know with that movie, because I don't know if, like, their release date got, you could tell that they're just terrified, you know, <laughs> they they spent millions of dollars, like, those movies are expensive, yeah. so they're they're trying to calculate, they might be over-calculating, you know, they're so scared that they're trying to, you know, just make sure that their movie is in the best date possible, but who knows, it's probably garbage, so they're trying to, like, put it in somewhere where, like, you know, it could get more buzz from the, you know, excitement of being back in theaters. The fact that Universal is telling Sony to shove off is really weird as well. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think for me, I think the, the metric has to be $50 million. I think Fast 9 needs to open to $50 million in the U.S. alone for it to, for it to call it a win. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be, like, financially successful. Does it make over $100 million? I don't know. Are we going to even see a, a, a domestic movie hit, hit $100 million this year is, is also a question. Um, but, yeah, uh, I will, we'll definitely continue to keep an eye on these stories as things progress. In the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to Check This Out. Check this out. So... I got to say, for Check This Out this week, we have two really good trailers. Uh, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse came out, uh, the trailer dropped, and it's starring Michael B. Jordan. That movie looks crazy. Like, it's going to be uh, debuting on Amazon Prime, and uh, it's. I don't think we have a, like a, long, a long wait. I think it's coming out, what is it, like in June or something like that? Uh, actually, no, even, even earlier, April 30th. So, yeah. Uh, did you see this trailer yet, uh, Troy? Yeah. Yeah, it you know it it looks um it looks typical in terms of like a, a revenge type of movie, but you know Michael Jordan Michael B Jordan brings a lot of flair to it, and uh, it's some cool. I think what's gonna impress me is the action. You know, like even in the trailer, you can see how well the action is gonna be shot. You know, so as far as story, it's gonna be your typical 
you know, revenge story. You know, like you've seen a million times. I hope I hope they didn't put the best stuff in the trailer because I think the biggest thing in the trailer, like the biggest uh, moment, was whenever he sets the car on fire with the and gasoline gets and gets in. Like, yeah. you know, that's some baller ass shit right there. I gotta say, and. Yeah. Uh, I hope that they didn't just like, you know, that's the coolest moment of the movie, and then they gave it away in the trailer, you know what I mean? Like, you have to bring me some, you have to hold back something, you know, but either way, I'm intrigued. And I wonder, since it's called Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, I wonder if, like, if, like, uh, um, if Jack Ryan is in this movie, like, not, like, because Amazon also owns the, has the Jack Ryan series, and it's starring, uh, damn, what's the guy's uh, name from The Office? Uh, Damn, I can't remember his name right now. The guy that everyone wants, wants to be Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Damn it. Uh, it starts with a C. I can't think of it. John Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if like John Krasinski is gonna like show up in a post-credit scene, and it's like gonna be a crossover. That'd be really cool. I doubt it though. That's gonna be more like fan fictioning. Uh, this this yeah. situation. They may <laughs> not have anything to do with each other, but you know, one can always dream. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that the other trailer that came out this past week was uh, Thunder Force, and it's starring Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy and Octavia Spencer, and it's dropping on Netflix even earlier on April the 9th. And um, this trailer was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, I think it's one of those situations where, like, I don't know how, how we like to, like, if, if, if you're a fan of qualifiers, but uh, this says, I want to say that this movie is good for a Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good movie yeah. for Netflix, you know? Do you... I'm not. I don't know if I'm a fan of using qualifiers like that. A movie should be a good movie or a good movie or whatever. But for me, yeah. I'm just gonna use that qualifier and say it's a good movie for Netflix. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't look like a good movie, but <laughs> maybe good for Netflix if you want to say that. Okay, cool. You know, uh, but it does look, you know, like you could get some laughs out of it. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, Melissa McCarthy was injected with like. Uh, she accidentally injects herself with like a superhero serum and she gets super strength and and uh, Octavia Spencer has also superpower as well and so they're gonna fight crimes as you know women uh, women uh, in their 40s and stuff like that so uh, you're, it's supposed to be a comedy get some good laughs um, it looks utterly ridiculous I don't think it's you know gonna be like uh, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't go out to say I would go and pay money in a theater to go see this movie, but, you know, since it's already playing on Netflix, I'll probably watch it and probably have a good time with it. So um, the trailer looks fun. So hopefully uh, we'll see that, you know, debut at number one on the Netflix charts uh, here in a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. It's time for topic of the show. So, for topic of the show, we actually did not talk about WandaVision, um, our impressions and stuff. We've been talking about it week to week. I decided to hold back on it and talk about, um, you know, WandaVision here for topic of the show. Um, first off, before we get into the actual topic itself, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what did you think of the finale? What I think of the finale, uh, I thought the finale was incredible. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, a lot of action, you know, it's almost like they saved the action for the whole damn series for the end last episode, you know, and I thought that was like a very good idea because I think this show to me was more character based. It was more about, you know, uh, Wanda dealing with her grief and um, and that's how they kind of kept you tuned in with the story you know and then like at the end it was like okay here we go boom let's do it you know and you got badass vision versus vision and all this cool shit going on but it was still story based as well like it was still 
things that, you know, you learned like, oh, wow, Wanda is really affecting these people that she had control over, you know, and it was like, it, it was like you seen the damage she was doing. So it, it still kept with the story and, and, and all of the, the grief and all that still played a part in it. And, uh, the, the way it ended was very touching and, you know, felt sad or whatever. It had very cool moments, of course, like, you know, the big reveals and all that shit. So I personally loved the, the, uh, the final episode for sure. Okay. So maybe we should probably give like a little spoiler warning, I guess. If you haven't watched WandaVision, obviously, uh, you can check the show notes for the next segment. Um, but I just, I don't really, I don't really have much to say as far as spoilers either of myself. I just wanted to say that I, I like the show on its own, like on its own merits and what it brought. Um, I really liked the vision versus vision fight as well. I think it was Ooh, perfect. It was clean. It was perfect because you have two super powered like robots that are like perfect. You know, the way they fought each other lately, they were like doing perfect hits as well as perfect parries and like blocks and stuff like that. They were like phase shifting, yeah, phase through, shifting each through each other. Yeah. Like they were just going, they were super calculated. You can see by the choreography and how, how like evenly matched they were because of just how, you know, perfect they were, you know, and it's how- and it, it, I always find how cool it is the way they have um, the way vision flies. Like I always love the way he flies. It's almost like he floats. It's not like he, you know what I mean? It's, it's a weird way. Like it's almost like he's light as a feather and he kind of just floats up. It's like, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So like, I, I, I will say that as far as like the vision versus vision fight, it brought it, you know, for me. And also, um, you know, because they were so evenly matched and they're both indestructible and they really can't beat each other, that it makes sense for their fight to, like, resolve itself with a philosophy debate. It's yeah, it's within yeah. character. Yeah, and like yeah. When Vision, that was genius. When Vision was, was like, I, re- I, re- I request further elaboration or something like that. You know, like, that yeah. was... That was really good. Like, damn. Like, writers are like just top notch on that one. Like, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, that was genius. It was genius. And so, like, yeah, I, I think overall, like, on its own merits of just like watching the show, um, you know, as its own thing and just grading it on its own merits, the show was perfection. Like, it's like you don't really have much to like, you know, say negative against the show. I mean, the only negative thing I can say, and I'll still hold to it, is that the pacing at the first two episodes. A little bad like it's a little slow burn like you didn't oh, really, i highly disagree with that you, I, for, yeah. for me like you didn't like the the the, the candle like the the like the the foot the, the, like what's that thing where like the flood the fire like starts like you know going through the string and it starts going to the bomb like that little yeah. uh that little string thing that thing yeah. didn't get lit that match didn't get lit until like the third episode for me no, um, i disagree so but other than that like the show was good week to week and we were talking about it we were theorizing it and that's the topic of the show is do you think that fan theories ruin a show? And like with with WandaVision, uh, everyone was talking about oh Mephisto, uh, oh Nightmare, um, uh, uh, like the multiverse is here. We got like uh, Pietro's here, and uh, who's the uh, who's the astro who's the uh, astrophysicist or whatever? Like who's the contact? Is it is it Reed Richards? Um, like you know, is Doctor Strange gonna? Sh- I heard Doctor Strange is gonna cameo in this, and he didn't. Um, you know, like there was so, oh, like, uh, what was it called? It was like, is, I bet you Ralph is Mephisto and stuff like that. And then it turns out, uh, Ralph is, uh, is, was fi- a fake Pietro and stuff like that. Ralph Boner. Um, you know, like there's all these 
there were a lot of like uh, red herrings in the show, of course, and stuff like things that didn't pay off, like Miss Senior Scratchy. Oh, it's I bet you it's Nicholas Scratch and all that stuff, and like things that didn't well, pan out, things that didn't uh, you know happen. So, do you think that a lot of the speculations and all these things does it in like not just for Wandavision, but just fan culture in general? Do these things put unnecessary expectations on these shows and movies? Well, it, it really depends on the the show. Like to me. The big flaw of this show, if you ask me the, the, the problem with this show, right, the the show, the the problem was stopping it from being a masterpiece. It wasn't that people just had speculations for no reason. They were on purpose doing this stuff. They were creating um, scenarios where you know that the fans are going to speculate, right? They was doing it on purpose. So it's almost like they're planting seeds to flowers they know is not going to grow you see what i'm saying so like for instance how agatha she kept saying oh my husband ralph my husband ralph yeah. my husband the ralph. devil's in the details you know the devil's yeah. in the detail the, the devil, place right there. it's yeah. Yeah. you know she, she they, they were on purpose doing that to create buzz for the show to to make people theorize and speculate right hell demon spawn you know yeah yeah like they were doing all of this stuff like you have why do you have to have um quicksilver from the x-men show up the dude that played quicksilver why does he have to show up and he have to be cast right because you everyone's gonna think oh is this a multiverse oh da, da, da. this is da, da, da. and then it's just ralph it's like why well why do that in the first place right so they are like the 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 engineer that um yeah uh, what's her name was talking my about contact, like my contact oh yeah yeah my I, contact yeah, yeah. why make that a thing just say just uh, not, oh, and then the, you have a guy. shot you have a shot of her like texting on her phone like you did right. you cut directly to it to like right. pay, it's, pay attention to the phone pay attention yeah to the person it's, she's it's texting. It, they were that, that this show the one problem i have with the show i felt like they didn't have faith because because like i said this is a very bold and ambitious and daring show that they were doing because like you said you know the first two episodes for you started off slow and a lot of people would agree with that not everyone is uh focused on story and story being the main importance of a of a television show and so i think they were a little scared that you know people would be like ha oh, this is boring you know and 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 maybe tune away. I'll wait for, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Or I'll wait for the Loki show. You know, I think there was a bit nervous of that. And so there was like, all right, let's plant all of these, you know, speculation seeds. Let's, because this is the Marvel's universe, right? So let's, let's have all the fans speculating and talking. And then we're just not going to live up to any of that shit, right? And, and that's the problem I have with the show. It's different. Look, if people speculate because they decide to, that's on them. You know, if you create, ex- ex- expectations for yourself that's your fault and then they you know have agent Wu asking the same questions on the on the whiteboard and stuff that we're asking as well and yeah you know what i mean so it was like to me this show on purpose did that and and i think that's wrong i think that's not right to do don't don't just because you're in a marvel universe and you know people are going to speculate and you know that worlds are interweaved and and you know how marvel do you know like don't use that to your advantage and try to 
you know, trick people into watching your show. Have faith in your quality because they did. They created a quality show. Like WandaVision is a masterful show. Have faith in your show. Don't don't do the under the trickery and and you know they they know because I think the director came out and said, "Oh, I think people are going to be disappointed." Yeah, da, I remember da, da. that story. Like the people's yeah, so expectations. I think, yeah. I think they were he was trying to lower people's expectations, you know, but it's like you know, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah, that's that's where they were wrong. So I don't think spe- uh, fan spe- uh, speculation and stuff. That's not ruining nothing because if they if they deliberately do it and and you know that's what people want to do. They want to speculate. Y'all are deliberately planting seeds to make people speculate. You know, like you had the little rabbit, like she kept feeding and and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this rabbit is probably some you know Mephisto, and she's trying to use magic to make him back to his normal form. Yeah, I don't know, transmutate but, him back or whatever. Yeah, right. So it's like you when you um purposely do this stuff, it's gonna make people speculate. You know, so I don't think that's ruining shows. It's just don't do the shit on purpose. It's almost like the Force Awakens did the exact same thing they had a whole bunch of shit that they had no answers to and they didn't even know they didn't even know the answers <laughs> to so they they for when you watch the force awakens you're like oh who is this what is that what is this what is that and they had no clue what the like, answers were who's snoke just some clone <laughs> you know like yeah who's yeah, yeah who, who's snoke or what is the staff that ray has what what is that who is ray what are the they don't even fucking know so you know don't do that if you're disney stop doing that shit don't have people speculating for nothing, you know what I mean? Because people don't speculate for the hell of it. They they see things and they're like, oh, this means that, you know? It's because so, they, uh, the shows, the movies, they're actually, like, giving you the, the questions. They're raising the questions right, within the They're raising the, the questions. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I might add, very obviously raising the questions. They're not just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, obvious and they're not living up to it. So th- stop doing that, Disney. And, you know, people can speculate. That's fun. But if you don't plant the seeds, if someone's speculating and they're wrong, they just got to look at themselves and it's like, oh, I was overthinking it or whatever the case is. No problem. But don't purposely, you know, plant these seeds and you know they're not going to grow. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be 100 percent honest with this, but I have thought of like some fan theories of stuff of like movies and shows that, like I can't think of it off the top of my head. The closest that I can think of is like the Star Wars new trilogy. Um, where, like, I was watching, like, a lot of fan theories, various fan theories from, like, film theory to all these Star Wars YouTube channels, like, a lot, right? And people were speculating on on, um, The Last Jedi, people were speculating on The Rise of Skywalker and what the title means and all that kind of stuff, and, like, people were, like, looking at, like, uh, um, you know, old canon and also looking at, like, screenshots of trailers, um, you know, like, zooming in on this on the background and all this other stuff, and people are formulating theories and stuff like that, I'm not going to lie. I was buying some of these theories. I'm like, oh, they're going to do that. And for me, whenever these movies didn't do that, like when they they didn't do what I already fan uh, like fan fictioned in my head, then the movies become like a disappointment because they didn't do what I expected. So like I think there there is something to say that fan theories can ruin a movie or a show because you then come with expectations. And if you don't right. meet those expectations or if you don't answer those things that you have in your head, then all of a sudden, you know, you're disappointed. But see, but see, Lewis, is it the fan theories or is it the content that you're watching to create these fan theories? Because certain movies that come out, no one had like when it, when, a, when a movie comes out uh, and it's good, a lot of people don't just have fan theories for nothing. You see what I mean? Like 
the the force awakens created the fan theories and then like the last jedi had to take the blow for those fan <laughs> theories like the last jedi to me was a good movie but because of the force awakens fan theories that they had no clue the answer to right it, it automatically you know the last jedi was gonna fail unless they you know because listen i'm gonna be honest like if the last Jedi answered a lot of those fan theories or some of those fan theories were true, or even if the fan theories were wrong, but they still did something that was like cool, cool. Yeah. that surprised everyone, people would love the last Jedi. It was the fact that, it, you know, the last Jedi kind of ignored those fan or theories. Or shit on them, right? basically, yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? So if the Force Awakens didn't present all these questions in the first place, no one wouldn't have had a, a bunch of fan theories. You know, if WandaVision wouldn't have created these questions in the first place, no one would have had the fan theory so the fan theories make shit fun like a lot of people have fan theories for a lot of the marvel movies but they live up to the theories you know what i'm saying like it's not a situation where you know the marvel movies create some kind of speculation and then don't just say fuck it you know they don't do that you know what so you're, that, right. When, you're right you're so right because people, i can tell people, you this right now Endgame, I had a lot of fan theories for Endgame. People were talking about or trying to say, oh, this character's going to appear. Like, uh, like this character's going to debut in the movie, and they didn't, right? Uh, yeah. Like, I forgot who, who, was, who, who people were calling, but everyone had different uh, answers to how they're going to resolve uh, Endgame. None of them were right, right? Mm -hmm. But the movie yeah. was still good. Right, because, yeah. exactly. And so it's not the fan theories that ruin the movie. It's it's the content not live. It's the content not, you know, living up to the theories that they present make people have you see what i'm saying so i don't think of the theory because really if you think about it the theories is what makes the shit fun right if we right, come right. out saying Engaging. oh yeah. this this is gonna happen in this and this is gonna happen in that and then they do somewhat like live up to some expectations then you you had a good time you was like oh i knew it i knew this was gonna happen da, da, da. but if you create all these fan theories and then say fuck the theories i, I just did that for the sake of you you know talking about my movie then then that's when you're disappointed so i don't think it's the fan theories because you know if if you say some shit like if agatha mentions ralph a million times in an episode <laughs> what are you gonna do you're gonna speculate you're like who the hell is ralph you know what i'm saying and then when you find out ralph is just the dude that was playing quicksilver you're like oh okay that's disappointing you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually interesting good discussion i actually uh I kind of do feel better because you're right. There's like, there's, you know, content these days, it's all about engaging with it. And that I think that to, to, to give, to, I guess, to shift blame to the fans, um, I guess is a little, um, an oversimplification, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not fair. Like that's not fair to us that they left a bunch of shit that make us speculate. And then it's not true. Like that's not our fault. That's their fault. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, uh, I guess writers need to really make sure that they know, you know, the answers to their own questions and also, you know, make sure that the narrative that they weave is consistent. I would say mm -hmm. it's probably a good, uh, probably a good, uh, good way to go for anything in general, I would say. Right. All right. That's a good place to end it right there. And, uh, good, good talk, Troy. I'm, I'm glad, uh, we were able to sort that out. I actually, uh, I, I actually didn't know myself. I'm glad just, I guess, airing these thoughts out kind of helped, uh, you know, 
put things into perspective and stuff like that. Because I, I, I do remember, like, in, I, do, I remember cons- for a whole year consuming Endgame theories after Infinity War happened, and then people were talking about, oh, the Living Tribunal is going to show up, or oh, this is going to, like, like, uh, like they were going to do, like, these, these, these crazy ass off the wall theories, and like, look at, look at the comics and stuff like that. And yeah. none of that happened, but I still, like, didn't. And, and I'm yeah. glad you brought up Endgame because it's, that's the perfect example. Like, I didn't hear no one in game getting none of the backflash that the force awakens got like yeah and and everyone i feel like had just as much as theories maybe not as much like going into you know the last jedi but they had it was a lot of theories on the internet and like you said none of the a lot of those theories wasn't even true but no one had a problem with it because they backed it up in their own way yeah yeah all right cool let's go ahead and move on to netflix and chill All right, so going forward, I got three charts here for you guys. The first up is the Netflix chart. Still at number one is Ginny and Georgia. Uh, It's very rare for a movie on the Netflix chart to be number one two weeks in a row. Number two is Murder Among the Mormon. uh, Excuse me, Murder Among the Mormons. Number three is Sentinel. Number four is the old Denzel Washington movie Training Day. And then get this, number five is The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, I guess it must have entered the Netflix uh, service uh, here within the last week. Uh, number six is Moxie. Number seven is Behind Her Eyes. Number eight is Bigfoot Family. Number nine is iCarly, which is still hanging on in the top ten. And then number ten is I Care A Lot, uh, the uh, Golden Globe winner. Uh, so... Uh, this chart, uh, we have a lot of new entries and a lot of things moving around. Uh, what do you think of this chart? Man, that's dope to see uh, The Dark Knight in the top five. You know what I'm saying? Still probably the top two or three uh, greatest comic book movies ever made. And uh, it's still getting love out there in the streets. <laughs> and, and I, th- I got to say, The Dark Knight is probably going to be like one of those kind of movies that, that stands the test of time, like into the future. More oh, than... it already does stand the test of time. It came out in 08. Yeah, too, I know, you know right? what I'm saying? We in 2021. It, yeah. uh, it improved it and stood the test of time already. That's over a decade. True. And uh, and Training Day. It's cool. That was, that's a great Denzel Washington movie. He won his Oscar uh, for that movie. So you know what's kind of funny is I watched the Wayne Brady uh, Chappelle show parody of training day first before actually watching training day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's like does does wayne brady need a choke up (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah that was kind of funny and uh i I gotta say training day was also good it was a really good movie and uh you know like uh the whenever denzel washington had like that set that second family on the side i was like damn yeah Yeah, so that's really interesting. I guess people on Netflix, man, they know they know what the, they know what to watch. So I'm glad things uh, the cream rises to the top, the top on Netflix. Uh, next up is the iTunes chart. Number one is Monster Hunter. Number two is Crisis. Number three is The Crudes, A New Age, still hanging on. Uh, number four is Greenland. Number five is back in the top five because last week it was at number six. This week it's at number five. Tenet saying that nah, I'm not fam. I'm here to stay. Number six is the 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 Devil Below. Number seven is Fatal. Number eight is Wrong Turn, which is, like, not the old movie. It's a 2021, like, I guess, remake. And number nine is Promising Young Woman. And number 10 is Silk Road. So this kind of stuff, this kind of chart really looks pretty standard to me. There's really nothing, like, surprising at this at, at this point. But do you have anything to say about this particular top ten? Nah, the, uh, I think the iTunes top ten usually stay looking about the same. True. I love how ten is staying right there, like. I loved it because I don't know why Tenet don't get the credit it deserves and Nolan's 
uh, filmography. So yeah, let's yeah. keep it there in that top five. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, there's a lot of movies that just, like Greenland. We've been talking about Greenland in the top ten for like a long time. It's just like, these movies just tend to stay. So uh, hopefully, as new movies come out on video on demand, we we'll start seeing more more movement and stuff happening. But number, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the top ten on Amazon Prime. So I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm a little surprised because nowhere in the top ten is uh, coming to America. You know, and I. I don't know if it's a situation where they're not reporting the the charts correctly, you know, because I know for a fact that, you know, it's the very first, when you go to Amazon Prime Video, that's the first thing that they blast in front of you. It's the featured movie, you know, so yeah. I ha- I have to admit, I have to think that there's some kind of either shenanigans happening with this chart or like this chart is old, but this yeah. is what I pulled today. Uh, number one is the Maritanian, the Jodie Foster movie, uh, and as well as other people. Uh, number two is Land. Number three is The Crudes and New Age. Number four is Monster Hunter, the 4K version. Number five is Minari, uh, the, the Steven Young cor- uh, Korean movie uh, that won Best Foreign Language Film. And number six is Greenland. Number seven is Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar. Number eight is Fatal. Number nine is Monster Hunter, the non-4K version. And then number 10, which was last week at number one, but now it's at number 10, is Wonder Woman 1984. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, my like for me like the, my surprise was that coming to America. I hope it's an issue of reporting. Maybe it's like backdated. Like this is an old thing. Uh, hopefully we'll see it in next week's chart. Uh, but yeah, I'm surprised. I'm just generally surprised that something went from number one to number ten so quickly. But I guess that's how it works on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, shit, that's crazy. But I mean, Wonder Woman. You know, it it is it's still in the top ten. So you know, it's still cool. But it, it like. <laughs> It's some good shit on here, though. So, I mean, it ain't like it's getting, you know, you got Monster Hunter. You know what I'm saying? You got uh, you, you got some good shit on here. So, Greenland. So, yeah. All right. Uh, my my recommendation for the week here is an actual an old movie, and it's actually on Netflix right now. Ah. <laughs> you see it? <laughs> yeah. It's an old movie uh, from starring a tr- uh, Chris Tucker uh, when he was in his heyday and Charlie Sheen also when he was in his heyday. Um and it's gonna it's on Netflix right now, but it's leaving Netflix at the end of the month on March thirty first. So if you're gonna watch it, you need to watch it before it leaves the service. It's called Money Talks. And I remember this movie very well. Um, I actually went back and watched the trailer for it, Jen, and, and it, it made I remembered all of these scenes and stuff like that. You know, when Chris Chris Tucker was really good at running his mouth and stuff like that. He's he's kind of like playing to his his strengths and stuff like that. And yeah, so was Charlie yeah. Sheen. And yeah. uh, there was some funny ass scenes and stuff where he's like, "You," I was like, "Don't call my wife my fiance fat." And he's like, "Damn girl, you look fat." You know, ph. Yeah, you know, you know that stuff. Uh, phat. It's and, crazy because uh, we uh, we literally no joke. We were just talking about this movie the other day. Like, what? Literally, yeah. Like Saul literally was like, "Hey, bro, I seen Money Talks for the first time. I never seen it." And I'm like, "Boy, you tripping? You ain't never seen Money Talks?" He's like, "Nah, man, that shit funny. I think that might be my favorite Chris Tucker movie." I like, "Damn, that shit funny." Yeah, Damn, he so. must have discovered it on Netflix or something like that. But yeah, yeah like he did. He he actually did. He watched it on Netflix for the first time. Damn. And then like, and then there was like he was in prison. He was trying to act all hard. He's like, "I kill for fun," you know, like that. <laughs> there was so many good moments and stuff like that. Uh, and then there was like, that was that was Chris Tucker in his prime. Yeah. No yeah, for sure, for sure. And so that's my recommendation for the week is go back and watch, go to Netflix and go watch Money Talks. It's a, it's one of those, uh, it go, harkens back to the old days of like the buddy duo comedies and stuff like that where you pair yeah. people up and stuff. Movies like that don't really get made these days. So if you want to see like, you know, big name actors and stuff and just 
you know, mash them up together. Kind of like what they did with like The Rock and Kevin Hart these days and stuff like that. Um, I would say it goes back to that old school uh, way of making movies. So it's funny. Um, I've, I, I haven't seen the movie in like in a really long time, but uh, I do remember a lot of scenes and stuff like that. So the charisma shines through. So go check that out. Troy, what's your recommendation for the week? My recommendation for the week is a movie that you don't like. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my recommendation for the week is um, Coral. And the reason why I like this movie and, you know, and the reason why I'm glad, like, this movie is showing on Amazon is that, like, this movie, I think, like, people won't watch this movie unless, you know, you, like, scroll through it and then, like, look at it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those movies where it's, like, it goes under the radar, but when you watch it, you know, it, it stands out. You know what I mean? Like, it, it'll, it'll be one of your favorite movies ever. It's just, it just don't get the credit. Like, it... It, you you have these movies that, for whatever reason, they they don't get the credit like that they deserve when they come out and they pop. But it's it's funny. It have horror elements to it. You know, uh, the voice acting in it is 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 stellar. You know, it, it's just it's just it's fun. It's truly it's truly fun. And uh, yeah, so I think everybody should go check that out. Which movie? I didn't. You kind of cut out for me. Which movie did you say? I said Coral. Coral. Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh, is that Amazon yeah, Prime? So, uh, I think everybody should check that that one out. It's a it's a damn good one. Okay, uh, I'm assuming you said Amazon Prime, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the new releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So for this uh, this week's uh, new releases, I'm gonna I, I gotta say first off, I, I compile this stuff from different sources. By the way, um, there isn't like a one-stop shop where I can go to and see all the new releases every week uh, from theaters to Netflix to Amazon Prime to HBO Max and like all these other. You know, there's just too many. There's too many places. I wish there was like a centralized place where I can go to where like you can see all the big name debuts. Unfortunately, that is not the case, so I just have to sort of have to find it. So I'm pretty sure some way, somehow, I managed to miss something this week, and I'll have to, like, do it again next week. So uh, for last week, I missed Coming to America. So I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis here. Uh, but, yeah, that was last week's release. Uh, came out on March 5th on Amazon Prime. It's the synopsis reads, Set in the lush and royal country of Zamunda, a newly crowned king, a King Akeem, uh, Eddie Murphy, and his entrusted confidant, Semi, Arsenio Hall, embark on an all-new hilarious adventure that has them traversing the globe from their great African nation to the boroughs of Queens, New York, where it all began. The film stars Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Jermaine Fowler, Leslie Jones, Tracy Morgan, Kiki Lane, Sherry Headley, Tiana Taylor, Wesley Snipes, and James Earl Jones. Um, so yeah, this is uh, one of those movies that... I should have read the blurb last week, and uh, you you heard my thoughts on the movie. I think that if you're already an Amazon Prime subscriber, you, yeah, sure, fine, you know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, do you have anything to say about this movie? Uh, no, but I gotta check it out. It looks, seems like it's trash. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's fun. You wouldn't want to go that far to call it trash. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think yeah, for me, it's trash. If you can't, if you don't know if a movie's trash, it's probably like, trash. Yeah, it's probably trash. Right? Like, I, I, I will say, say this. All right. I will say this. Um, the movie is very cheesy. 
and the movie is a little cringy at times, oh, yeah. uh, especially towards the end. It gets a little cringy. Um, I will say there are good parts in the movie. There's a lot of funny things, and uh, I think that it's probably best to just check out when you watch the movie and just kind of like don't think about it <laughs> you know i think that's well, the best way to enjoy this movie is just to like don't even there's a lot of lampshading by the way there's like one of the characters says oh you know movies that are from like you know sequels to movies that nobody asked for from like 30 years ago and they're basically talking about the movie that they're in you know like they're trying to like lampshade and stuff like that i guess yeah, i think see, i ain't gonna lie like when more i like morgan freeman like being in it i just felt like they would do something like that or something i don't know like <laughs> In the po- in the credits, the in the credits they had a funny ass song uh, with John Legend, you know, doing a song, and that was funny. So like, there are cool things. There are there, you know, but yeah, it's somewhere it's somewhere in that trash category, but it's good trash, I would say. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll put it to you that that way. There are you know, I, I, it's it's conflicted. I'll say that. Like I said, I would yeah, be yeah. I would I'll i put it to you this way. I'll, I'll go out and say on the record and say that I would be disappointed to having if I had to pay to watch this movie in the theater. So okay. there there we go. Uh, the next one up is Long Weekend. Speaking of theaters, it's coming out this Friday on March the 12th. Uh, Bart's uh, chance encounter with the enigmatic Vienna leads to a whirlwind weekend together. The two fall fast and hard, but both carry secrets that could be their undoing or the chance for a fresh start. The film stars Finn Wittrock, Zoe Chow, Casey Wilson, Jim Rash, and Damon Wayans Jr. He's in like a lot of things. I think I said his name a couple weeks ago on the new releases and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's in theaters. It looks like a, basically it looks like a rom a romantic drama I, from the trailer. Like that trailer for that movie played in in Chaos Walking, by the way. So um, don't really have a lot to say other than it looks pretty generic. Uh, did you even see the trailer for this movie? No, I haven't. Okay. All right, moving on. Yes Day. It's on Netflix. This kind of reminds me of Yes Man, and you'll see why. It's going to be out on Netflix this Friday on March the 12th. The synopsis reads, Always feeling like they have to say no to their kids, Allison and Carlos decide to give their three kids a Yes Day, during which the kids have 24 hours to make the rules. It's based on the children's book of the same name by Amy Krauss Rosenthal and Tom Lichtenheld. The stars, the film stars Jennifer Garner, Edgar Ramirez, and Jenny Ortega. So basically, it's Yes Man, but for a family, and it's very much like a. I saw the trailer for it. It looks very much like a generic family movie and stuff. It's like one of those feel good movies, um, you know, kind of like Yes Man, but like toned down to be like very kitty. Um, so basically, I guess like Jennifer Garner and her, her, she's like the mom and she's very uppity. She's no fun. So she decides to give the kids a yes day to like, you know, do whatever you want. Let's go ahead. And, you know, and, uh, yeah, it seems very, I don't know. It kind of seems like a very forgettable movie, but it's on Netflix. So there you go. Um, so between these three movies, I gotta say, it feels like the pick of the week is coming to America because I, I feel like that's like the best of the of the of this bunch right here that we have here. Yeah, uh, what these, do you think? These don't these don't look interesting. I I'll probably skip on all of them, but <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be coming to America too. I'm definitely skipping yesterday. That shit looks real. That, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and and close things out with the last segment. So for the final segment, it's going to be called Sharing the Love. We talk about a, uh, a movie that we grew up with. And uh, for it's no secret that I even alluded to it on episode eight when we talked about it. But I want to go ahead and give uh, more backstory, more, uh, 
more funny moments, stuff like that. Uh, I want to talk about Dumb and Dumber. And it's a it's a classic film from the from the '90s here, and uh, it's starring Jim Carrey, and uh, and uh, oh, damn, what's his name? Fuck, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, and um, it came out in 1994, and it's kind of hilarious. And uh, the uh, the movie is uh, how do I, the movie has been ruined, I will say, by the the prequel, like like Dumb and Dumberer, when Harry met Lloyd, and they basically made the characters like special ed in that in that prequel and uh, it really it really kind of felt like a disservice to like the the dumb and dumber of the movie and then they they made a sequel dumb and dumber 2 uh when they brought back jim came jim carrey and jeff daniels i have not seen the sequel and i've been told to stay away i like the sequel i like the sequel it's not good i mean it's not nowhere near as good as the dumb and dumber but i think it was all right Mm, okay uh but uh just in general like this the movie is uh the movie has a lot of hijinks and a lot of funny moments i can i can name you so i can say so many quotes and lines from that movie and stuff like that whenever like like for instance whenever the uh when their 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 parakeet died because one of the villains like snapped the neck off of him off the bird and so uh jim carrey's character uh lloyd he uh he he they like taped the head back on and then sold the bird to a blind kid. And then whenever, whenever Harry found out that Lloyd sold the bird, he's like, he's like, Harry, I took care of it. And then it, and it like, it jump cuts to the blind kid and like petting the parakeet. And he's like, pretty bird. Can you say pretty bird? Pretty bird. Yes. Pretty bird. Like there's, there's so many moments that I can just basically like recite, you know, from like the funniest moments, like whenever like, uh, Jim Carrey gave, uh, uh, um, you know, Lloyd gave Harry like some laxative, and then he's like, you know, like taking a crazy ass dump in the uh, in the toilet uh, yeah. at Mary Swanson's house, and then and then Mary was like, uh, uh, the toilet doesn't work, and then he was like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. the snowball fight, there was the the dream sequence whenever uh, Harry was romanticizing uh, or romancing uh, uh, Mary Swanson and stuff like that, and he was making himself to be like this, you know, this this uh, the life of the party and stuff like that, and it was really hilarious. <laughs> the the sequence whenever he uh uh has like they were he was having dinner at this uh, boutique restaurant and then like the waiter just starts kissing her arm and stuff like that and then he just kind of like rolls up his he balls up his napkin throws it down and then goes on a kung fu fight and just like beats up every waiter in the in the restaurant it was so hilarious i actually memorized the chore the choreography of that fight sequence and every sound effects that he makes and uh as a child and it was really hilarious and then it, the fight ends with the chef like kicking his ass and like he was a japanese looking guy and he's doing some cool ass kung fu movie moves and he's i like how lloyd is being beaten up in his own dream sequence and stuff like that <laughs> but then he comes yeah. he like he gets back up like so like supernaturally like gets back up and then he's like he like uh he like rubs his finger on his lip and he's a little bit of blood on it and he's like looking at him as like you did this to me and then the guy the japanese chef was like oh i'm so scared and stuff he had that scared look on his face and then suddenly he just reaches into his chest like just like punches through and then pulls out his beating ass heart like his heart was still beating in his hand he's like ah and then he takes the duffel bag like a to-go bag and puts the heart in the uh in the bag and hands it back to him and then he falls over and dies <laughs> that's it funny. oh my god there's just so many good moments and um yeah there's a there's just too many to recount i, I don't want to go on and on but just saying um the movie i even to this day i still remember it funny ass moments hijinks um yeah 
there's uh, like the whenever he got his tongue stuck on the pole when he licked it, uh, and the icy ass cold weather. I think that's the most iconic, rememberable scene of that entire really movie. Yeah, yeah like I think if. Someone that never have ever even seen Dumb and Dumber probably have seen that scene. Yeah, somewhere. and he's like pulling on him like and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there was the part where uh, he was like when when at the beginning of the movie, whenever uh, Lloyd was uh, uh, driving Mary to the airport, and he was like, she was looking all nervous because she's about to drop off some ransom money. And then he was like, "What's the matter? Nervous about the flight?" And she's like, "Something like that." And then he just turns around, not even looking at the road, just talking to her. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, statistically, you're like more likely to get you know hurt on the way to the airport and stuff like that." And then you see an explosion in the background and stuff that he's caused. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I just want to. I was just gushing over this movie. Um, I've watched it so many times on VHS. I still have it on VHS. It's on the bookshelf. Um, I can literally watch that movie in my head. That's how much I love this movie. It's like I don't even need to rewatch the movie because I literally remember it like beat for beat and scene to scene. And um, I don't think I don't. There's very few movies. I can't think of movies like that that I they didn't that are in my my catalog. So this movie deserves um, to be shouted out like this. If you have not seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, figure out a way to watch it. I don't know if it's on any streaming services. I haven't checked. I don't think it's on Netflix or anything or Amazon Prime. And if it's on iTunes, you're probably paying for it. But it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, I hope it holds up as far as like, I don't know how, you know, you know, comedy has definitely changed since then. And things that are funny back then aren't funny uh, now. I mean, Dumb and Dumber is literally probably the funniest movie of all time. Like it's, it's, it's right there, like with maybe the greatest comedy of all time. So I, it, it already holds up. Like you know what I mean. Like once you go past, I, I feel like this. Once you go past ten years and people love it the same way, it's gonna hold up forever. Like once you go past ten years, you know what I'm saying. You heading into a whole new generation of people that's growing up. Yeah. Zero year olds are ten year olds now. You see what I'm saying? And it's like you 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 can start to tell when movies are becoming classics. Like the Dark Knight, we mentioned the Dark Knight earlier. That's already a classic. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Dumb and Dumber came out, I was one years old. We're talking about it now. I'm twenty seven I mean twenty eight years old. So it yeah, it held up. All right, cool. Yeah, like I was just thinking like maybe like holding up holding up in the sense of like people's like you know, political correctness tastes have changed since then. And I don't know, I can't think of like those kind of jokes and stuff like that, but I'm sure that somebody, somebody will be uppity about it and get like, you know, fucking want to Twitter cancel somebody over stuff like that. So that's what I was saying in general. But for me personally, I think it holds up. And of course I'm biased, of course, but yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say, give a shout out to, to that movie. I love the movie and I uh, hope anyone who hasn't seen it will love it too. So let's go ahead and, it, and end it there. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain so it is time to end. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can catch the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at chakalaka88 and Troy. Bracy Troy 58 So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>